0: it's time to get in, the game. get in the game hey everyone welcome back to another episode of the get in the game podcast the podcast where we explore ways to get off the sidelines stop making excuses and get in the game i'm your coach trevor dean and i'm Again, so happy that you guys are tuning in week after week. Uh, this has been so much fun for me to do this. Uh, I just, again, want to shout out for, for those of you who aren't following us on the other uh, types of mediums, whether you, you might be watching it, but you might not listen to it, or you might not be following us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, I encourage you to go do those. Uh, the links are going to be in the uh, description notes of this particular podcast episode and, um, just check us out, follow, like subscribe. Um, I'd really appreciate it. That's the best way that you can support us and also, uh, contact us with any ideas you have or, uh, ways that these may be reaching you or, or, uh, speaking to you. Um, I'd like to hear all the encouragement. And if you have any words, words of encouragement for me, um, I, I, I welcome it. Um, Like I said, I'm praying for you guys, uh, the people who this is going out to, I just hope that you, you hear my heart and you hear the message of, of Jesus coming to you, uh, with love. And, and, uh, that, uh, that is my main goal is just to get the message of God, uh, in this particular medium of getting in the game and getting involved, but literally getting the message of Jesus and God to you through love. That's my, my ultimate goal. So Like I said, just a little bit of housekeeping. Go ahead, check us out, and uh, follow us on on those different mediums. Today, um, if you may have heard me kind of emphasize the no excuses part um, in the tagline, uh, that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about today. And to give a little context, what I really mean about that is, how do we just get in the game when we know we're supposed to? Because sometimes we have a lot of outside, uh, you know, chatter, a lot of outside influences that maybe uh, influence us in a different way or um, block that uh, that feeling or that, that notion that we need to step out and, and get going in, in whatever uh, field that you might be uh, thinking about getting into. So how do we do that? And... This actually was an idea that was given to me by my wife uh because recently we've been talking about different things um about me to get involved with or to get reinvolved with and it was really just she said why not you just talk about um when other people don't uh don't agree with you or that you might have to um you might have to give them a little bit of uh uh consideration when going into a new endeavor and uh being married now i mean i haven't been married long uh, almost 3 years but uh the more and more that we grow together as as a, a married couple i realize that my decisions aren't just about me anymore and it's not that I'm just realizing it, but they're, they it just become the more and more you you are in each other's lives and you grow, the harder it is to just say, hey, I'm gonna do this and you'll be okay. It's it's a a marriage for a reason. You guys are working together. Um, in in the Bible it says that when a man marries a woman, they become one flesh. So when you are doing something against what the other person might be feeling or or against uh, something that they don't quite understand, or, or maybe you've kept from them, it's almost like you're tearing away from that flesh, like you're hurting yourself. And so, in this context, you know what does no excuses mean in that uh, getting into it? So, that's a lot to unpack. So, first off, in terms of the marriage, or a friend, or anything else, you are going to have to have conversation. You are going to have, if you feel an inclination or desire or, um, God, the call from God to be doing something else, um, then it, it deserves a conversation. It, it, It requires one with a spouse. And, uh, it's something that you have to be very delicate about because any time that we feel like we're called for something it takes a lot of prayer and discernment um discerning if, if is that really what god wants me to do and and if it is how do i be obedient and how can we do this together even though it might be hard uh, and against what we both may want or one wants and the other does not and so that conversation, that prayer together, uh, individually about that subject is going to be, um, very, very important to the resolution of whether or not you get into the game of whatever that subject matter is. Um, and like I said, it it could be, uh, starting a, a side business. It could be, um, spending more time at the gym. It could be anything that is, is might actually have a, a different, um, trajectory for different for time, especially with, uh, with a married couple, it, you do need to, to talk about the, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. This is kind of where I feel, um, uh, I, I'm needed next or, uh, as well. And, you know, what do you think about it? You know, I've been praying about it. I want you to pray about it. I think we should pray together about it. And then let's, you know, search the scriptures. With that, there's I, I, there's a few questions that I feel like you should be asking yourself if you're feeling that. And and if you're not a Christian, if you aren't very um, comf- not comfortable, if you're not very familiar with the, the Bible and what it says for us in, in the ways that we're supposed to live, um, you know, I welcome you to listen, uh, this might, it might be different for you, but for us as Christians, we have a few questions we need to ask as we're feeling like if we feel that that call to do something else, whether it be a job, whether it be, um, an, an uh, another job, like uh, to go alongside your main one or, or anything else, um, that might be biblical or you, anything that you feel like, like God calling you, and I know I'm speaking in circles, but there's just so many vast areas that it could, uh, this could uh, encompass. So I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say them all, but I am trying to cover different areas that might resonate to you listening or watching. So in that, those questions first, does it go against Scripture? Because God isn't going to contradict Himself; He's not going to say that something is okay for you to do or that you should do when, in the Scriptures, it, it, you know it says you shouldn't. So that that's number one. If it goes against Scripture, then you should abandon that, abandon ship immediately. Um. And it, it's like I said, there's nowhere where God's going to contradict something if he said no before he's not going to then say yes because if he if he contradicts himself then that's what a lot of us call lying and if I'm going to contradict or be uh not of integrity then God isn't God if his no is no then it's going to be no forever and if his yes is is yes in scripture then awesome, then now I have one more gauge to see, you know, is that I can I can go down this road Two, another one I think of is who does it glorify? If I'm going to be doing this, is it, is it to glorify myself? Is it to glorify someone else? Or is it, is it to glorify God? And if it's glorifying God, then, uh, you're on a better path to, to saying yes to, to getting in the game on, in that Avenue. You know, th- to me, those are the two main, the two main things that I, I have to uh, think about when you start know, starting anything new. And th- there's no, there's no uh, wrong in doing something that is for you. And, uh, but it can ultimately, ultimately glorify God in doing that. And the biggest example I can think of is taking care of my physical body. If I take care of my physical body, then I'm glorifying uh, God in that. Because when you become a Christian, when you accept that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in you. And our bodies are, are called the temple. There used to be... A, a temple in Jerusalem that it, in the Old Testament of the Bible, it says that that's where, that's where God dwelt. That's where he, he came and, and that was his home. Um, and obviously God's in heaven, but it was the way it was felt. It was like, there's a holy place that this is where you came to meet God in a way, in a sense. And I know it's very vague. It's not word for word. It's just this, it was God's temple. This is his home but now because of what jesus did on the cross for us his death burial and resurrection and his gift of the holy spirit to us there's no longer a need for a physical temple a a physical building out there that is huge and has a room in the back that is only for god and god alone that temple is now our hearts it's our bodies so the home of God is now in our souls, in our spirits and this physical body that encompasses that soul and spirit. So if I don't take care of it, then I'm not glorifying God. Now there's other things I could do in the in, in my physical body that can glorify God. But in that instance, in terms of taking care of it, I'm not. So that example of, doing something for yourself especially physically can also glorify God so it's it, it is something that you have to look at but ultimately what's the end goal who are you glorifying you know in that same in that same breath I can say I want to get in shape because I want to look better and I you know I want when I walk down the street I want people to notice me uh, and, and then or I I want to be in better shape because I want to play, uh, go back to playing sports. And I want to do these things because it's my enjoyment and my enjoyment alone. And so that's a more selfish way of looking at it. Yes, you could get in physical shape and, and, and be healthy, but ultimately who you glorifying Because anything that we do that is self glorifying, um, for that is, is a sin. Uh, it, especially for those of you who are Christian, you, under, you understand it. And I'm not calling anyone out and saying, "No, you're being sinful for this." If you don't, ha- if you don't have these same beliefs, that's okay. I'm just saying, from the Christian perspective, this is this is how we view it. So, um, and, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying sports and all the other stuff. But ultimately, if you are using that stuff to glorify God and to reach people for it, then 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 that's a good way to to do it. And I want to take a little bit of of a, a turn here because you might you might say, well that's great, but how do I know when when God is talking to me? Well one, you have to search the scriptures. Um, you have to spend time in prayer um, in the Bible it says you need to meditate on the word day and night. Uh, it was a, it was a something that the kings of of Israel and Judah were supposed to do. they were supposed to meditate on the old scriptures. And, uh, that was, that was their, uh, one of the, the decrees, you know, if God was going to give Israel a King that they needed to meditate on the scriptures, you know, day and night and live, live it out. And so for us, it, it's the same thing. We need to read daily the Bible and I'm not, I'm not the best at it. So this is just as much of a, uh, a lecture to myself than it is to anyone else be in prayer about not only what we read, but our daily lives searching out his guidance and his wisdom and then meditating on what we read. And I don't mean meditating as in sitting in, in, uh, cross-legged and, uh, there's a, a incense burning in there and you're, uh, just, sitting there in silence. No, I mean, meditating as in consciously thinking about this, constantly thinking about what God is telling you through his, his word. And, um, because a lot of the people think, uh, or get the idea that meditation is just like mindless. Um, and you're just sitting there in silence and trying to clear your mind of everything. but, God says that meditation is to actively think on his word. And so when we actively think on it and how it can apply to our lives, if we're in the word daily and we're praying about it and we have these things that we feel like it's just on our heart all the time, we can't stop thinking about it. Like I really feel like God's calling me about that. Well, search, search the scriptures. We have so many more tools now than people did even 30 years ago. We can literally look up on the internet references to keywords in the Bible and then don't just read that uh each verse but you can read the context of it and then as you read context it not that I don't think it is valid in your life I always think it is but it might not be valid to that situation when you read the context but that's that's good I mean even so read read the context read the full the full passage sit there meditate on it it's not going to go Um, uh, in one ear and out the other and and not affect your life. I I truly believe this, this word of God is going to affect your life if you allow it to, but just reading it and saying, Oh, see that, that confirms what I was saying. I'm going to do it. It's more than that. Um, you have to use discernment. You have to use, uh, A little bit of patience, knowing that sometimes God doesn't give us everything that we need right away. Sometimes he makes us uh, use patience uh, before he delivers what he's promised to us. And so, like I said, if you have something going on, pray about it. Then like pray that God will reveal his word and his truth to you through through his word the Bible then read it and then once you're done pray and meditate on what you just read and yeah it might be a little time-consuming but it doesn't have to be it could be um, it could be a a quick prayer before and it could be a a short passage especially if you did a little research uh, and, and looked up you know a reference on blank and then you look it up and you read that passage It could be a two, three minute passage that it takes. And then spend a little time in prayer and meditation, thinking about how that can apply to your situation and then, you know, move on from there. It might not take a day. It might not take a week. It might take month, year, multiple years, but we're called to be patient in in our search for his answers he will give you an answer and it's either going to be no yes or not right now and I know that is I know that sucks but it's true because when I was younger I wanted to get married at you know I I thought the ideal age was married and starting a family by 23 you know first kid by 23 so that you know or, or pregnant by that time. And so at 18, 19, 20 years old, I was looking for my wife. And that didn't happen. It wasn't until I was um thirty 36 when I was even, you know, when we first got married. And then as time goes by, you know, the the child part of it that I thought I wanted at that point has changed. And now I don't have that same call to be a father. And that's okay because that could have been a no from God at that time. And that's totally fine because I know that if I'm searching for him, I have all the joy I need through him and I, I literally do not have that desire to be the father that I wanted to be when I was, you know, twenty years old. And I think because I'm uh at a point in my life where I'm I'm more okay with that and and, and I'm I'm embracing it because it's allowing me and it has allowed me to do things for God that I think would be tough, um, while being a a father and not that you can't do it, but I just feel like I know my personality and I know that, um, things take, uh, take more precedent, take, take over. And I, um, I put them off when there's other priorities. And so with the priority of a child, then I don't think I'd be able to do the things that God has called me to do at this point. Because um, he's the one that orchestrates my my life. He's the one that sets my path. And tells me where to step. And that's where I have to go. And because of that. I have ultimate joy knowing. Whatever I am right now. I'm, I'm great with it. That is totally fine. And so. You know it, it, it's. The answers are in here and the answers are in prayer. I do believe that God speaks to us through both and he also speaks to us through other people. Um, so that brings me back to another question we might have to, to ask ourselves is what do other godly people say about this decision, upcoming decision, upcoming venture? You know, if and if you don't have godly people in your life, then go find them. If all the people in your life are uh, naysayers and and are against your Christian faith, then go find other people. That doesn't mean that you don't still love those people and you might have, you could still be friends with them. But when you're looking for godly counsel, you don't go to ungodly people. So, that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. What do other people who are godly that you know have a good prayer life, have a good, um, home life who are, are people of integrity and they seek out God's word and God's direction in their own lives. What do they say about what you might be going through, what you might be uh, wanting God's answer on and take it to heart. Um, also like, you know, take that information and then pray about it again. Like, like I said, prayer is involved in all this stuff. And so, um, the, you can't skip these little things in the process. If it, especially with something big and there's little things that we come on through day after day that we have to make decisions. And they're not necessarily things that you have to, um, you don't have to go to God about like, Oh, what do I want to eat? You know, It would always have to be like, God is calling me to have a salad today. Well, he's calling me to have a burger. No, I think it's just go find something to eat. (laughs) Don't gorge yourself and just thank him for the food. If you are reverent and say thank you for this meal that you've given me and providing it for me, you're good to go. But it's like little decisions like that. We don't have to spend hours and hours in prayer for a meal. There, there's you know, just be thankful for the food you have, thankful that he provided for it and move on. And there's other little other things in life like that. Just be thankful for it. But when it comes to those big decisions, then we have to we have to spend time and and, and not uh not be hasty about those things. We have to uh be patient, reserve quick judgment, quick decisions, and then make a godly decision based off of you know all the different research, all the different uh, avenues that you've, you've gone down through the biblical, um, you know, biblical path. The only people that I know of, uh, well, not, I would say people that I know of, but the best description of getting in the game that I can, I can recall are the disciples that Jesus Came in contact with. And. Um, I bring this up in the same way. Because when you know, when you hear the word of God. When you hear God speaking to you. And if you are absolutely sure. Then. You have to make that decision. You have to go for it. Now we. We unfortunately. Don't have the. Um, the. The. I say, unfortunately, but it's, we don't have the physical Jesus in front of us like they did in the Bible. Those are those those disciples who knew Jesus saw him, got to, got to talk to him, got to meet him. And when he called them, they went, they left everything. Um, and so I'm going to read a couple passages real quick. The first one is in Matthew and, um, I'm going to read Matthew It's uh, chapter four verses 18 through 22. So bear with me, but it's two great examples right here that he, when he calls them, they just go. So it says now, now as Jesus was walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. In the boat was Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. So not only did the second set of brothers leave their, their boat and their nets, but they left their father in there, So in context, fishermen, this was their livelihood. This is their job. This is what they were, their vocation. And Jesus came along and they knew that he, this, this guy was, he had authority that there was more to him than just the normal guy. They knew that they had to follow him. And so when he called him and said, follow me, they just left everything. They immediately got in the game. So, like I said, when we hear the word of God, when we know that what he's telling us is for us, and it is the call for us. I I pray that we all have this kind of this courage to just go and follow him. Go down the path that he has set for you. And this story um, is. It is repeated in, uh, this one is in Mark and in John and, and, uh, the gospels of, of gospels according to Mark and gospels, according to John. Um, and I think it's important that it's repeated because it just shows how important it was for them when God called them that they just got up and followed him. They immediately got in the game. They made no excuses. They left their father there saying, Hey dad, business is yours. You know, here's the net here's the boat take it you know it's all you and they left because they knew that they had to follow Jesus in in one uh, gospel over in the gospel according to Mark um, there's another story of the same thing of of Levi he was a tax collector and in that time um, kind of much like our time now tax collectors aren't really looked upon that great, uh, in the Jewish culture, they were the worst of the worst. Basically they were, you know, collecting taxes, not only for, uh, um, the, the nation of, of Israel, but also mostly for the Roman empire. Cause they were occupied by Rome at that, at that point. And so basically you were working for the, for the enemy in a way. Um, when you are working for the enemy, you're you're getting rich off off of your your countrymen, off of the people who, who you say you have the same faith as, and you're just getting rich off them while they're being overtaxed, uh, th- you know, through that system. And so, it picks up so Jesus comes across Levi, who was also called Matthew um, later. And so, it says in uh, Mark chapter two verse fourteen. As he passed by, he meaning Jesus, as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax booth, and he said to him, "Follow me." And he got up and followed him. Now, it it, it may there's definitely some uh social benefits for for Matthew or or Levi, whichever one you want to call him. There's definitely some social benefits because you know, if he stops being a tax collector, then, uh, he will probably be more, a little more accepted in that, but it's still, it's still a, uh, you're still looked upon that right? because you, you have been, uh, basically almost, almost what they considered it is stealing from your own, your own people. So you've been doing this for so long, getting rich off them, having a, a decent living and you've left everything to go follow Jesus. Because of the authority that he had, when he said, "Follow me," he they knew this is the man I have to follow. This is the man who has the answers for my life. This is the one who's going to give me hope, who's going to give me joy, who's going to keep me safe in everything that I do. And so when when they go, when they're just called, they leave, and that's it is definitely the the that is what I wish I was better at just being honest uh, about myself to you guys when I get a premonition and I say premonition when the way I feel like when I can't stop thinking about something especially if it's something that I feel God's wanting me to do and the subject comes up and maybe my heart starts beating a little fast not for any other reason than I just feel like God's talking to me I retreat a lot and I'm willing to step out uh, uh um uh, very little w- when those times come up and um so it could be um i know in the past it has been just the fear of of what people around me would say friends even family who who are are christian as well um or other family who claim to be christian um because they were brought up in, in a church but i i pray that i have this courage that these these first disciples had when, um, when they were called by Jesus, when they came to face to face encounter with him. And he said, follow me. Like he, he told, uh, like I said, Peter and, uh, and his brother, if I, if I go back real quick, he, he said, uh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And in the context, that, that means that he was going to, he was going to, teach them how to bring people to salvation through Jesus. And we know that over the course of, uh, reading the gospels and, and reading, um, the rest of the new Testament, but they had the faith in him. They, they knew his authority and they went with it. They weren't even, I don't even think that they were quite sure yet of who he was. They just knew I have to follow this person something about it i have to follow so we you know i said earlier unfortunately we don't have jesus physically here in terms of face to face but fortunately we have not only do we have the writings of all the stuff and all the first hand accounts and we know the nature of jesus and we know that he's the son of god we also have the holy spirit in us helping us discern everything that we read and pray about and encounter with with other believers and other Christians and, and, um, and, and the stuff we read and the situations that we're in, we're able, he's given us the Holy spirit to encounter those things and, uh, not encounter. sorry, to, to discern those things and then make a decision to follow him and following him means in everything. In in my work, in my my leisure, in my hobbies, uh, in the music I listen to, in the stuff I watch, it's following him. So if I have a decision to be make, a big decision in my, in, to, to make in my life, then I have to just come face to face with him in the scripture, in prayer, and with the Holy Spirit, discern it. And then when he tells me to do something, then I got to do it. Like I said, it's not we're not uh divine. <laughs> we're not God. So we don't always understand everything. And that's why sometimes we have to keep praying if if we're not sure about a decision. Or we have to seek out the counsel from 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 godly uh friends and family, uh and and help to discern those things and just uh come together in that kind of unity and figure out what God's saying to you. Search the scriptures and pray and and seek out counsel, godly counsel. But again, I come back, I keep coming back to the things that I, I just pray that not only me, but you guys and uh, anyone, you know, who is struggling with getting in the game or, or, or making a decision, um, especially those who feel that they're called to do something by God, that when you do hear from them, whether it's a no, or whether it's a yes, that whatever he tells you, you follow it. Because that that not yet that just means we have to be diligent in the things that we're already doing to to seek his word. But when we hear yes, and we hear or hear no, that means no. Okay, that part is over, and I'm not going to. Uh, I don't need to keep revisiting it. I pray that we have the strength not only to follow him, but to maybe stop seeking a yes when we've already been given a no. But when we've been given the yes, then go for it because going for it that's what he's told you to do. And if he's told you to do something, then he is going to, he's going to honor that. He's going to honor the fact that you're following and being obedient and, and you're able to um, go with that with confidence Now it doesn't mean it's not going to be scary, but you can do it in confidence that this is where God is calling me to go. And so I'm going to leave it right there. Um, I know that uh, for those of you who, who might not be, uh, you know, familiar with scripture, familiar with uh, Christian um, views that might, this may have been a little more, uh, preachy, but Hey, that's who I am. This is, this is what was on my heart. And this is what I wanted to talk about. And so, uh, this is something that obviously I struggle with and I, uh, I, I pray about and, uh, I'm seeking God for in, in different things in my life. And so I just want to be encouraging to those who may be going through the same thing. So like I said, I'm going to leave it right there um please follow us again on uh social media Uh, if you're watching this go follow us on uh our podcasts either google play spotify itunes uh podcasts or if you're listening head on over to itunes and uh not itunes so if you're if you're listening go head on over to youtube or even better, you can get all the things at our website at www.getinthegamepc.com. And uh, follow us there. Get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. Like I said before, I'm praying for you all. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get off the sidelines. Stop making excuses. Follow him and get in the game. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Game podcast. Please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to support us. Find us on YouTube and subscribe for more content. If you would like for us to pray for you, or if you have topics that you would like us to tackle in upcoming episodes, email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Game PC. If you've experienced getting off the sidelines and getting into the game yourself, please let us know. And remember, it's time to get in the game.